Welcome to this week's episode of Real Estate Served on the Rocks. On this week's episode, the guys talk about three reasons to not use a real estate agent, all while enjoying Noble Oak, Double Oak Bourbon. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Real Estate Served on the Rocks, powered by Living in Colorado, the Mile High Perspective, and Fathom Realty on YouTube. My name is Charlie Sardelli, and as always, I am here with... Jameson Amaros. Oscar Barra. And guys, we're trying the live thing again today. Um, if you're watching us on Facebook, what's up? Uh, thanks, for, thanks for coming through. This is our test for going live on TikTok and other platforms, just so you guys can... Thank God it was a test. Yeah, thank God it was. A, we've literally spent the last hour setting yeah. all this stuff up. But um, on today's episode, we want to talk. We pulled an article that we think is going to be uh, timely. Are we just um, doing one article? Yeah, well, I think, point, I think it's a long shit. enough conversation that we can, that we can work on. Um, but guys, just again, so you know, we are uh, three Colorado realtors out here in, in uh, Castle Rock, Colorado, where we film this. And we just drink bourbon, talk about real estate, because we want to give you all of the details that you might need for a transaction, for the experience, whatever it may be. And we like to drink bourbon, yep. right? Uh, episode 57 right now. So we are uh, on bourbon number 57. And guys, how it works is while we're going through the episode, we talk about the bourbon as we're sipping on it. Uh, we talk about the topic. And at the end, we give you a review and kind of a one, what we call a one rock takeaway for um, the episode and what we thought and, and our thoughts. So, um, Oscar, I know you did a uh, let, let's go ahead and introduce introduce the bourbon. It's a Noble Oak, right? Correct. So they came on the scene 2017. And they are a bourbon on a mission. For every bottle you buy, they plant a tree. And they have planted 20,000 trees here in Colorado. Alone. So they're, yeah, alone. So they're in a few states. Um, they are a newer bourbon, but they've, they've had a few accolades. I know we, we joke around that the San Francisco bourbon tasting gold is just given out to anybody. Well, they got one too. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's... <laughs> Yeah, they're on a mission to plant 1.2 million trees. Awesome. Or, or they were last year, and they they almost achieved. I think they. Were I was like gonna say once something. they're done, they're done making bourbon. No, no, I think they're. <laughs> I, I mean, I hope they keep going. If it's good, it's supposed to. Ha it's supposed to be really tasty. And I think uh, this one, this one's lower than we've been than we've been doing, right? We 80, got, uh, 80, 80 proof. Eighty proof. Okay. Which is probably nice. a good thing. I haven't eaten anything all day, so yeah, yeah. I, I always try and grab a burrito from the gas station before we start the episode. Yeah, gas station burritos. Just so next we... time you should try uh, uh, gas station sushi. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Well, no, dude, I'm not. I'm not. I can't even lie to you. The come and go by my house has some. They're going fire away. Breakfast burrito. Yeah, come and go. Uh, Maverick leaving. bought them, right? Well, the, yeah, and the name. Yeah. I think something to do with the name. They got canceled. <laughs> Cancel culture got them. But I mean, this is and this this company started back in what 2017. Correct. Have a look. Awesome. And this is what, the double oak? This is the double oak. Um, I, we, we, we took so much time setting up that right. I kind of uh, I forgot everything I read. Uh, but no, they're, um, it's supposed to be mild tasting, uh, good flavor. I, I know the flavor profile, so maybe cheating on that part. But um, it, was, um, it, it won an award for the price as well. Okay. Nice. So, Let's uh, nice. get into it and see what it. Let's do it. Says the frame rate's too low. It says the frame rate's too low at thirty. So uh, hey, if you're if you're watching on Facebook, uh, is it is it choppy for you guys? Let us know. We don't really do a lot of movement, so we it shouldn't are live. Be, shouldn't yeah. be a problem. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, let yeah. us know if you're watching the live. Let us know how we can fix it. We got a mic in the center of the table here. We're trying to uh, 
get get this all figured out. But let's go ahead and I'm so off my game right now. Get the notes. What's that? What's that actor? Terry. Cruise and go start doing the Terry Cruise. <laughs> See how choppy we are. All right. All right. I mean, the color on this, the color on this guy here is is that beautiful amber. I don't. I clean the glasses beforehand, but there are a little bit of particulates in it, like a little bit mm-hmm. in the glass, which obviously not too bad. You expect it, especially with the the uh, how they do their their bottling. But mm. I'll tell you what, it's interesting going from the 100 proofs mm-hmm. back down to an 80 because I feel no like... No burn. Well, this one, I feel like I smell, I, I feel the burn more in my on my really? nose than I do. Yeah. It's su- Don't get me wrong, the, the, the burn is subtle. It's not like it's burning my nostrils, but I, I'm smelling, yeah. like I get more of the yeah. ethanol. And then more fruity flavors up front, kind of like apple. Little bit, of, little bit of vanilla, a little bit of caramel, but nothing really punchy, not really strong. Yeah. Well blended. Yeah. A little bit of floral notes and spice on the front end of it, but that's really, I don't know mm. if I can smell much through the, the alcohol in there, but I'm going to go ahead and, and give, my, give my sip on it. First little sippy sip. <laughs> Very crisp. Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't know. I feel like it has a little bit more weight. Mm-hmm. Like the yeah, actual the juice has more weight on the tongue. Than you expect, yeah. I agree. Yeah. And then it almost finishes. Ooh, I don't know. It almost finishes too, too sh- sh- syrup sugary for me. Really? Yeah. That's surprising. Yeah. Like I'm talking about the weight. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, it's normally the, caram- the caramel and vanilla. Yeah. But... It's more just like that. It it's more feels like forced sweetness rather the, the than the non sugar sweetness. Yeah, lingers yeah. if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. In that forward kind of maple. There's definitely yeah the, the yeah, maple the, flavors. You get there. the maple. I can get the oak. Like I can taste some of the char. Some of the char. Like mid mid. Very palette, little spice. Very on little front. spice. Yeah. Not a lot of evolution overall to the to the no. flavor, especially. I mean, coming off of last week, it's kind of pep- how, how kind of peppery. Three years. Yeah, I, I believe so. Yeah. yeah. Um, not a lot of spice. Up yeah, I, I don't. It's not bad. It, it's, so far, I mean, I, I look at it, it's a good beginner bourbon. Yeah, a good beginner. I mean, bourbon so far. the the website really focused on their purpose mm-hmm. yeah. more more than the bourbon. Okay. Um, Okay. So there wasn't really any backstory, anything like that. Nothing crazy. Interesting. Backstory just, is like we like trees. <laughs> we, 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 we like trees. Like we're bourbon. Gonna, so they were, so they we're, we're talking about both. they should urban. they should partner up with Mr. Beast. Didn't he plant like two million trees? In Africa I don't know, but that dude left uh, the battle bus in our neighborhood a few times. Did you see it? Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Crystal Valley. So he yeah. has a Mr. Yeah. Beast uh, burger here. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 And you, it could only be right DoorDash. Right on the corner of uh, the Frontage Road and Crystal Valley Parkway. I get yeah. it. I get it. I mean, that that in itself was a crazy model, but um, didn't he uh, did a slip? He do, he did a slip and a slip and slide on uh, on um, Wilcox. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Like he shut down the bridge and he did a slip and slide. A giant. Anyway, um, so they're doing urban reforestation. Okay. So their their um their purpose is more of the focus than the bourbon. So it was kind of interesting. Yeah. And interested in see how this bourbon tasted. Again, it's eighty proof, so yeah, it's eighty, and and it's it. I I didn't have a high, you know, but the price points 
Not price point's though. great. Yeah, yeah the price point's I mean, going to be good on it. But um, as so as we sip through this, like I said, guys, we're going to let it open. We have JC's glass that sits at the front um, on the table the whole episode, and that one we just kind of let aerate mm-hmm. um, and then taste that at the end. It's kind of a control as, of course, we all sip on our own. Um, but like I said today, what we want to do is talk to you about uh, a, a news article that we that we pulled. And the reason that we pulled this one specifically is because I'm excited to use it for the title of the episode because I know it's gonna it, I know it's gonna bring people in. Uh, Jimson, where did you find the article at? Where, where, where was it? The interwebs. Ooh, across yes. the webs. Across the webs. No, I mean I think it's a it, it piggybacks off of this entire the the lawsuit that we've been talking about over the last couple of months and you know if agents are getting paid too much or how commissions should get split and all that kind of stuff. And this one, uh, I mean, the article that caught my eye, which hopefully catches everybody else's eye, is uh, three reasons not to use a real estate agent when you sell. And that lawsuit, I mean, right now the main focus is on Keller Williams because they, they, settled. They, they, they settled. And the reason why they settled was it because of, okay, we're, we're not admitting to any wrongdoing, but we just wanted to go, to away, go away. And them wondering if it's that if they would have stayed in and, you know, fought it, would have been worse. So no, it wouldn't have because you're it's a jury of people that don't do this for a living. That's a whole other topic. Anyway, uh, so here's why I think this article is. <laughs> I, sense, I sense a little bit of burn in that. In I the, mean, it is, dude. It's a, that's a whole. We talked about this. Yeah, total no, I, aside. I but NAR is making a mistake because they are banking on a jury of twelve peers mm-hmm. to rule in favor of an industry that eighty-seven percent of people don't fully understand. Yes, right. So mm-hmm. that's that's the problem. So in my head. I'd rather like just, hey, pay the money and settle it. Yeah. Go away. We'll change some things to make it equitable. And I think it's good overall for the real estate industry if things do change a little bit. Perfectly fine. I don't have an issue with it. I think NAR is just, they're stuck like the Fed back in the 1970s. Well, I think NAR is also the go-to when it comes to the consumer advocacy, right? So kind uh, of. They're, well, they're, they're, they're there as a realtor. We're, we're held to higher ethics, right? There's a real estate agent, and you got to take an ethics course, right? That's the premise of being I disagree. a realtor. <laughs> but that's that's respectfully that's, no, but that's what, I disagree. That's what the board's there for. I right? get it, but I still disagree in the sense that if I have a fiduciary duty to my client, regardless if I have a little R with a circle on it at the end of my name or I don't at the end of realtor, I'm still hold myself mm-hmm. personally accountable. And even if I'm not a realtor, I can still get sanctioned by Smedra or Dora, or whoever mm. it is, regardless if I'm part of that. Anyway, that's a whole other conversation. Uh, ish. Because We're getting at the end, of, at the end of the day, it's the commission that, I, that I, comes yeah, back. I, just, I heard that when yeah. I first started. It's like, well, if you're a realtor, you are held <laughs> to a higher standard. I'm like, why? Yeah. Why am I held to a higher standard? Are there lawyers that are held to higher standards once they pass the bar? No. There's lawyers that are better <laughs> at their jobs than other lawyers and doctors that are better at the jobs. But it's not like they're held to a higher standard. Well, and it's it's, it's also the the stigma, right? And and I think this plays back into the why I like this title, right? Because a lot of the time, especially you know, looking through Reddit, mm-hmm. like we did last week, a lot of the time you see people like, oh, I'm going to sell my house, and I'm not going to use an agent. I'm going to sell it. Hey, you want to want to shout out to Chris Campbell real quick? Hey, what's up, Chris? He said, hey, buddy, proud of you, man. Appreciate it, Chris. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I, I honestly just think it's it's one of those things where so many people because because as we talk about. This is a business transaction that gets way too tied into emotion. And a lot of the time with the amount of money that goes into it, right, that, that, <clears throat> that we get on commission, sellers get, seller, whatever it is, takes, it's, we're just a little bit more in touch, mm-hmm. more, a little closer to that money than a doctor, than a lawyer. And by having a news article with a headline of, 
you know, three reasons you don't need real estate agents. That right there is, I would say, if somebody's looking for a house, I would guess 80% of people would click on that headline as if they were getting ready to sell their house because they, they want to sell it by themselves. They don't want to pay that money. Well, and here's the, here, I'll give you the background of who wrote this article. Okay. It's a certified financial planner that works with clients day in and day out for money moves, right? And essentially what he does in this article is he breaks down three instances where you don't necessarily need to use a realtor, which for anybody watching, he's right. There's nothing legally anywhere that says you have to use one of us mm-hmm. and we've preached that forever, okay? Mm-hmm. So he gives his three reasons, but he prefaces the article like this. I'll start by saying that I have had five real estate transactions in my life. I've used a realtor every time. However, I've had several clients go the DIY route, both with and against my advice. So he's said, hey, you should do mm-hmm. it or not do it, depending on the circumstance. And lean on me to fill in some of the roles the, the agents would typically have. While I rarely recommend that clients take this route, here are three scenarios where I would lean towards do-it-yourself. Awesome. No, and, and I like that too. So I think it's great. Yeah, especially because these are, <sighs> I like how we said scenarios though. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just a blanket statement of, hey, we're not, just don't use them. Right. So what we want to do with this article is we want to break down these three areas and just talk to them, talk to them about it with you mm-hmm. guys for a little bit. And please, if you're on live, if you have any questions, write in um, and we'd be more than happy to answer them for you as we're kind of going through this. But hang out with us, you know, relax. And uh, as we go cheers. through this article. Yeah, At cheers. one everybody. o'clock in the afternoon on a Wednesday. <laughs> cheers. Uh, so um, we'll start with the first one. Yep. First one is you have a teardown. This one's interesting to me because I think this is, we talk about market specific, right? Mm-hmm. I think this is interesting. Certain parts of Colorado, this would make sense, right? But essentially, uh, if you have the smallest house on the block, odds are it won't be there for long. Having recently helped a client navigate this route, even here, there can be landmines. Uh, I spend lots of time talking to agent and builder friends to make sure I knew how to price the home, how to negotiate the terms. Um, but basically, you're, if you have the smallest house on the block and it's a teardown, you're selling it to a builder or a developer, do you necessarily need an agent? No. No. So why? No. I mean, well, I mean it's, Like it's, you said <laughs> in the beginning, you don't need an agent for any of this, but I mean, if they're going to come and just buy you so, out... Okay, so the negotiations I, I wanna, aren't well, and I, and I want to break it down. When relevant. It, so the the first one is that the first line he states reason is if it is a teardown. Correct. So, so think think so, about it. If you guys want a practical example, yeah. right? Think about Inglewood. Think about um, the Wash Park area, and you drive down, and there's homes that are you Corey know, Merle. Yeah, uh, hundred uh, uh, five points where a builder, not necessarily like a whole development, will go in. And they'll want to buy a lot so they can erect what is now the craze, the modern farmhouse with the black roof and the white paint and the stone mm-hmm. front or whatever. If you own that home and you've owned it for a while, a builder will come and knock on the door and say, hey, we'd like to buy this house. And they're going to physically tear it down. But Do you I, need an agent this, in that scenario? The statement prefaced, I interviewed a few agents, builders, and friends. So... He got knowledge from a real estate agent. Exactly. Yeah. So it, he kind of did need a real estate well, agent. Well, because if you think about it, right? Like if I'm if I'm holding an asset and a builder comes and goes, I'm going to give you X amount of money for this lot. Yeah. You want to make sure that you're getting what you deserve, right? Mm-hmm. And you could be the person, like my dad is a perfect example, right? He'll, I mean, he'll hop on Zillow for four or five hours at a time and run through comparables when he's looking at houses. And him and I have gone back and forth and he yeah. knows how to look at like lot sizes and 
oh, it backs to this. And hey, this is in a cul-de-sac. Hey, this was built here. Hey, here's the upgrades. And sometimes him and I will talk comps and I'm like, dude, you know as much as I do, right? <laughs> Which is, I think it's great. The more informed you guys are, the better. Mm-hmm. But if you are that person and a builder comes and says, hey, I'm going to offer you 1.2 million. And you go, wait a second, there's a lot right down the street that you guys knocked that down, erected a house and you sold it for three and a half. So I want 2 million. And if you're comfortable negotiating with that, cool. If not, it may be worth it to use an agent yeah. and maybe negotiate a lower commission because the agent isn't necessarily bringing well, the buyer. And I know? think, and I think to that point as well is I think one reason that this would be a motivator, a tear down property would be a motivator is specifically because it's just peace of mind for you as mm-hmm. a seller, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't either, you're going to put the money into it and then you're going to list it or, and I, I think this is the reason why he put it as that is you're going to, instead of worrying about anything, you're just going to talk to them and go, yeah, this is the price that I want for my home. Right. That is it, right? Right, and, and but at the same time, how do you comp something like that? Right, Because exactly. at, from a, a builder's standpoint, you don't give a crap what the house looks like. You just want the land. Yes. Yeah, and right? that's where I think the so, research comes in. If you have somebody like an Oscar or Charlie or myself that you're employing, yeah, maybe in that scenario, you use us and we negotiate down the commission because again, we're not marketing the property. We're not bringing a buyer. We're not doing any of the normal ins and outs of a standard sale, Okay, but we are... I, I, no, I love it. I, I want to stop you right there, though, before you go in. Just notice what Jameson just said. We can negotiate the commission based on the transaction. Like, it's not... That so, goes back to the lawsuit that's right. Well, right yeah, now. but that's, but that's exactly... Like, mm-hmm. th- the reason I wanted to stop there is because not a lot of people recognize that, hey, each transaction can be negotiated by you and, and the seller. So yeah, at minimum, at minimum, if you just want a real estate consultant... Like if, if I am a realtor or a real estate agent and then I just switch my title to real estate consultant because mm-hmm. you want to make sure that the contract looks right, that everything is worded correctly, that you're protected, you can negotiate that. And I'm sorry, but any good agent wouldn't sit there and be like, no, I'm solid on this. You're not using me for anything like Jamie, like you just said, marketing, photos, whatever it is, but I'm solid on this. You're not. No, I'm sorry. Any good agent w- would would sure. be glad to help you with that, especially because now you're, you're learning about real estate. That just added another person to the pool of society that understands a real estate transaction. Well, I'm thinking about it this way. So let's say, let's say the builder offers you, I don't know, you get an 8,000 square foot lot in Wash Park that has the ability to put at least two dwellings on it, right? And you only have one. They want to build it as like a modern duplex or whatever it is. And they offer you 1.2 and you just take it at face value. So you know what, man, 1.2, that's great. I only owe $300,000 on this house. So I'm going to make 900 grand. Awesome. But if you employ one of us and we go, well, here, let's take a breath and see what this, what other lots this developer has bought, because that's public record. We can go talk to the developer and say, hey, tell me about, you know, where, where else you guys are building and how much you guys are offering this, that, and the other. You, all that's public record, right? It may take you guys time, but you have a day-to-day nine-to-five job, kids, family, whatever, and you don't have, it's not your job. So we go and look and we say, well, actually, similar lots, they've offered 1.5. So I think you counter and see if they can give you 1.5. After maybe two or three days of research, some phone calls, some in-person visits, some strong army, well, whatever you want to talk yeah. about it. But now you just mm-hmm. made, by using a realtor and maybe paying 1%, right? So what is that? 1% on a million? It's 10,000 bucks, mm-hmm. right? Roughly. So you spent 10,000, but you just made an extra 200 grand. Is well, that and, and, and let's start back to your, your, your statement um, from the beginning. Um, what if a builder comes and knocks on your door and says, I want to buy your house? offers you, you know, 600,000 and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, well, that's great. Well, you're 
houses zone R2 or whatever the now zoning laws have changed, but that means you could build two on there. Well, yep. your house is more valuable. So there, there's smaller things in detail of what your house, where it sits and what's going to happen. Or even if the real estate agent knows, well, there's going to be a development coming in, uh, you know, the residents will know if a development's coming in that's going to further, you know, increase value in your home. But you got to look into all of that. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And that's the thing is that's, that's just, that's just starting base for, for a real estate agent. Correct. You know, like that, that's it. We do that on every single transaction. Mm-hmm. If even when we're buying or selling a property, that's, that's where we start. Right. So, and I, I think that again, brings me back to the point of the number one for him, especially with the preface is there because it's just peace of mind. It's sure. easy. You don't have anything, you know, and at the end of the day, do you want to pay a lawyer fee? For him to read over it and look at it, or do you want to just throw your real estate friend a couple, you know, a couple? And you know what the difference is that you you get an attorney, and that's it. Yep. He's gonna draw it up and it's over. Mm-hmm. You get a real estate agent, you got an insurance policy on it. Yep. Some go south. Yeah. Agents mm-hmm. get sued. We're, We're insured. insured. Yep. Exactly. You know. We're insured, and I, I also believe, like, I I like the lawyer idea, right? As from a contract standpoint. There's a lot of states that do that though. But agents I mean, don't dude, write I'll be offers. Honest, man, I've I've I've, let, I've met a lot of contract lawyers. They are not people persons right <laughs> they are black and white Behind it is desk. or it isn't it is not like they're not they don't have because a lot of people and that's again an aside i don't want to run too far into this but um there's a lot of people that say well i don't want to pay an agent i'd just rather pay a lawyer to do x y and z right i mean you can pay a real estate attorney to draft your contracts and to look it over and to present it do they have skill and training and negotiations nope. maybe but most likely not Right. Like we go through classes on a yearly basis, on a quarterly basis to train for those type of scenarios. And we have we have tactics and we have different things that we can do. Oscar's talked about it in the past, different ways we can manipulate a contract. We just did it today on your offer, Mm -hmm. checking a a specific box to make it appease and and make it make sense for both buyer and seller. So, yeah, you could do, you know, a, a real estate attorney in this scenario with a developer or. Maybe you would just say, hey, that fee is, I don't know, a flat rate of a thousand bucks, whatever that going rate is. Well, and you say, hey, I'll, you know what? Because you're going to add a little bit more, I'll pay you a thousand dollars. But for every hundred thousand dollars you get me on top of my my initial offer, I'm going to pay you an extra two grand. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know it, what? Is that negotiable, Oscar? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> like, that's on on top of that, right? <laughs> you're going to hire an attorney. He's going to give you a fee for writing up the contracts. That's it. Yep. Yeah. For the questions, guess what? You got to go back exactly. and charge you another yeah. fee. Mm-hmm. And then and you're, the process is going to go through. You're going to have multiple questions. <clears throat> right. And you're not going to want to go back and just ask him any dumb little question sure. because he's going to charge you. One Every time, single one, time. One time fee phone. with an yeah. agent, whether it's commission or flat fee, guess what? Unlimited questions. Mm-hmm. Unlimited mm-hmm. answers. Unlimited yep. scenarios. It's And you're insured. Yep. Yeah. Hands so, down, that's, not, right. that's a no-brainer. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Cool. All right, Love so it. what was uh what what's reason number two? Second one, you have a known buyer. So mm. there's statistics to back this up because if you go to for sale by owner, one of them basically said there's there's one scenario where for sale by owner stays on market less for less time than a traditional list, and it's because 72% of the time a for sale by owner already has their own buyer in mind. So quick overview. Um so here's here's an example right we just talked about this off camera uh baby boomers selling their homes to their millennial kids who may be priced out of the market Mm -hmm. do you need a real estate agent or a realtor in that scenario right um especially if there's already 
an agreed upon price? Again, I, I don't think so necessarily, no. right? But in Colorado, because this is what he says, um, baby boomers selling their homes to millennial kids who have been priced out of the market in this scenario or any of which you already have a buyer in an agreed upon price, I would not use an agent. That's fair. Mm-hmm. I agree. You will have to hire a real estate attorney to make sure the transaction is handled properly. There are also tax considerations when selling a home below market value. However, the hourly cost to sort out those issues will be much lower than the commission you'd pay an agent. So I float it to you gentlemen again. If you are in this scenario and you're trying to sell it and you want to make sure the contracts are drafted and so on and so forth, and you have a realtor that you trust, can you call up Charlie and go, hey, Charlie, here's the deal. I want to make as much money or save as much money as I can on this transaction. I've already got a buyer. I've already got an agreed upon price. It's my granddaughter and her boyfriend that are buying my property. But in Colorado, what can we do that in a state like Missouri we don't do as realtors? We can write contracts. Oh, I was right? say, I don't know Missouri, but okay. I just and, say and, that because Joey's in Missouri and, 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 and that's, a big, that's is, a big differentiator because there's states that the agents truly don't do Well, shit. HGTV. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Put yeah. it in escrow and then they walk away. Right. So, I mean, what, what, I, what I want to capitalize on this one and the last one, due process. Yeah. You, you got to have a checklist. What, com- what title company are you going to use? What closer? What, and I mean, there's a process of what if in inspection something comes up? All of a sudden, uh, the kid gets pissed. Hey, the sewer line, who's going to pay for that? We didn't inspect it. Yeah. I mean, there's a process that goes through to make sure the transaction goes well. That's what we do for a living, and that's where our value proposition and comes again, in. And again, the well, commission, would I charge somebody 6% for that? No. No. Can Honestly, you? Well, I would, yes. I would Will you? Up, no. If it, was hey. me, if it was me in this situation, I'd call them and be like, hey, what's the lawyer going to charge you? And they'd be like, well, I said, what, what's, the, what's the lawyer going to charge you? Oh, this much an hour. Cool. Pay me just this flat rate, and it'll be below whatever the lawyer the lawyer is going to charge you. Like, because at the end of the day, most of the people that we work with as real estate agents are friends and family or referrals, right? Yes, and and that's so, a great point. You know, and, yeah. and so a lot of the time, you're to utilize my knowledge. And anybody watching this live on Facebook right now, if you have any questions, I've had friends reach out from North Carolina that I went to college with. We haven't really talked very often, but they saw my real estate agent. They go, "Look, I just trust your input." Like, please, that's that's why I got this information, not only to work in the industry, but to help because let's go back like, to let's go back to this, right? <laughs> I just dealt with this two days ago. So same scenario. You mm-hmm. got your buddies from North Carolina calling you yep. to get advice, okay? Mm-hmm. From a real estate trans- real estate transaction uh, mindset. Yeah. You don't charge that person. Yep. Okay. I called, um, I talked to you, right, about my freaking power of attorney disaster that I'm dealing with. And I wanted to talk to a lawyer, a realtor, a real estate attorney. Mm-hmm. And I had one question. I am a realtor. I pay my dues. I held to a higher standard. Okay. <laughs> I call this real estate attorney. You know, I if, get his- if anybody from NAR is listening, that's a Jameson Onro. <laughs> his views and opinion are not the same as everybody. Who, uh. <laughs> disclaimer. disclaimer. Uh, I called. Secretary answers. I go, hey, I need, I need to talk to, I forget who it was. One, one, you or Jordan gave me somebody. It's probably Jordan's because Scott Peterson is. No, I talked to Scott. I talked okay. to Scott. Uh, Scott's, Scott's dope. Shout out Scott Peterson. Scott Peterson. You answered my question. Man. But so I called. Hold him in high regards. I called because I had a question on power of attorney when it came to quick claim deeds and transferring over and what you needed, what you didn't. Because I have a very unique scenario happening that I needed some advice on. Yep. Call the secretary. She goes, who is this? Oh, it's me, James Namros, Fathom Realty here in Castle Rock. 
I, I'm hoping to speak to so-and-so. Okay. Are you a client? No. I'm a realtor. Okay. Do you have a payment plan set up? Uh, <laughs> no. No, I, I got information from a, a fellow realtor of mine. That I need a I secretary could, like that. That's <laughs> that I could, yeah, that's <laughs> that I could reach out and ask, and ask a question. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, how about you leave a message? Okay. <laughs> Just so you're aware, uh, before he answers any questions, he does have a $300 an hour retainer that hits if the conversation goes over five minutes. That's so dead serious, wild, right? Dead serious. So I need to up my I, game. Well, I bring that up because when we start talking about the lawsuit that's coming up, mm-hmm. right. And how that's going to shake out. And now you're essentially saying, well, we have to get paid for our time. Cause that's, mm-hmm. we're going to get rid of commission. Yep. That means that every family, friend, cousin, uncle, acquaintance, random person on Facebook that I've literally had to reach out and say, Hey, what do you think about this? Hey, what do you think about How this? Much I'm not free looking at doing anything, but Shoot. we give free information every All the party, time. every barbecue, every soccer game, every, everything, right? Every stop in the gas station. Can you imagine if I'm like, Oh yeah. Hold oh, on. do me one. Sunny. Sunny gonna... just asked me. I, I had a 15 minute conversation with him. Right. So you know what I'm going to do? do you, here, you know what I'm going to do? Here's my, I'm going to get a No, I'm going to get a square card. Reader, That's what I was going to say. Here's my square card. I'm going to say, reader. Hey, real quick. Hold on. You just swipe for the yeah. retainer. I'm $300 an hour. Minutes, yep. If right? it goes over 15 minutes, it's going to hit. Yep. Yeah. So I think that's important because in this scenario, this is to me a very black and white, like, you know, the price, you know, the buyer, you know, the financing, everything's good to go. Mm-hmm. You just want somebody to oversee the transaction and who has more interest in your well-being? Is it your trusted realtor, friend, family member that's been in transactions, multiple transactions, or is it a lawyer that's going to charge you every time you pick up the phone? Mm-hmm. I would rather, if it's if it's me in this scenario, I'd rather pay you or Oscar. Hey, I'm going to give you guys three grand. Can you just make sure this gets to the closing table 100%. and none of us get screwed? Well, and and then we let's talk about brokerage relationships, right? We have a seller's agent, mm-hmm. fiduciary responsibilities to the seller, listing agent, as they're known as well. And then you have the buyer's agent, right? And they're fiduciaries to the buyer. Now, if you're handling both sides, we become a transaction broker. Look at it like this. If you're a seller's agent or a buyer's agent, you're like a coach. You're yep. going to coach the person right through the transaction and get them through it, right? And if you're a transaction broker, then you become a referee. Correct. You got to stay neutral. You got to make sure both parties have the best. So interest. not not an NFL referee. No. <laughs> Zero holding calls. So here, let me. Let and me, wanna, let's not get into the NBA either. So, so at the beginning, based on you know number two, we said was so maybe they're you, not a referee. We need got to find another analogy. A media. You're essentially a media. Yeah, you're. Yeah. Initi- yeah. Yes. But that's number a good one. two, the the title for number two is if you already have a, a known buyer. A known buyer. Correct. Okay. So let me ask you guys, what is a scenario mm-hmm. where you may have a known buyer, but you really want to protect yourself in the transaction? And when I say it, you're going to be like, inspection. Oh. Who's no. responsible? Responsibility. We did a whole, we did a whole episode on it. Sorry. If you have a known buyer, if you have a known buyer with a set price, okay. Where, what instance in real estate, especially that we're seeing right now, would you want to make sure that you had a realtor or, or a real estate attorney indefinitely, like without question. You're, mm, enlighten me. Wholesalers, right? Oh, I see what right? you're saying. You see yes. what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of the time, yes. and, and that I say that we talked about it on the yep. episode. Got it. If we're going by that those parameters sense. of you yes. already have a buyer and there's a set price, yes. wholesalers, they don't have any skin in the game, Correct. right? They come to you and they go, hey, I'm a buyer 
and I have the money and here's the price that I'm willing to pay you. But like we talked about in that scenario, one thing that wholesalers will do is in the contract, they will put wordage or verbiage in there that says very commonly, we have the right to pull out of this contract up until the second before closing or whatever that may be. Or, or sell the contract to another wholesaler. Exactly. So a mm -hmm. little tidbit of advice for the consumer, the commission views wholesalers or investors as professionals. Yep. They'll get screwed. Yep. The commission will come after them. Mm -hmm. You could sue them. But the way their contracts are written to Charlie's point, they essentially say, hey, unless if we cannot find a suitable buyer for this title. We're out up until the day of closing. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's hugely important. Yeah. So that means you could spend 30 days off market, mm -hmm. miss out on an entire buyer pool, take an offer that most like more often than not with wholesalers is below less. market value, mm -hmm. go right back on and start again. So yes. Yeah. I mean, I they, they promote fast, easy closings, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, fast and easy sometimes is hairy and nasty. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, mm -hmm. think about it this way, right? So now, oh my God, so no <laughs> sorry, disclaimer sorry. again. <laughs> Jesus. I'm then we're definitely clipping that one. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this is 80 proof and we have we're not even halfway through the episode. It was great. In, uh, it was great. But in that in that defense, then I think it turns into a hey, I have somebody, they already gave me an offer. I want to hire you mm -hmm. at a at a at a rate to just look over the contract, yep. negotiate for me and get me to closing. Mm -hmm. Sure. No problem. I'm not gonna. I, exactly. I am not the person. None. None of us are. Right. We're gonna go. Nope. Unless you no, pay me full commission. We're no, not. Absolutely not. No. My. We're the, here to help. And if work, that agent is, get rid of them. Don't the talk to that person. Yeah. The work that we put in should be conducive to the payout. And, right? and again, we we hold our value, and we want to not give anything for free because a lot of people the the misconception if if it's free right. it's cheap and it's not okay. Sure. Right. So we we gotta have some mm -hmm. kind of value. But even if you know the buyer, it's a non wholesaler. There are so many nuances of the transaction that could, one, really put you in a bind with a family member, mm -hmm. and it's going to either mm -hmm. ruin the relationship with that family member, or you're going to go to court even over something. Even I think that's actually, Oscar, that's yeah. a phenomenal point, right? Mm -hmm. I, to me, if I'm selling it to a family member, you, you got to remember, this is a, in Colorado, the average is $586,000. Mm -hmm. This is a half a million dollar transaction that I have seen families turn on each other for like 20 bucks over a Thanksgiving I've <laughs> done conversation, right? Numerous so if you can hire somebody where emotions just go high yep. and then you're in, you're in court. Yeah. So if you can hire somebody to be a buffer, a mediator, a nonpartisan mediating buffer mm -hmm. and say, you know what? Two, 3000 bucks, wherever you guys negotiate. Cause again, it's negotiable. Uh, that's worth it because yeah. now you're, you could, when we are trained, my God, I will take the heat. Well, not that we take the heat, dude, but I mean, think about it. The, the, the situations that we have been a part of during transactions <laughs> that are highly personal, mm -hmm. highly volatile, highly emotional. You don't think I can turn around and flip that switch on professionally and say, okay, from the grandparents to the grandkid, maybe they don't love the boyfriend, but I'm going to be the buffer in between to make sure the transaction goes smoothly. Mm -hmm. And by the way, once it's done, everybody's happy-go-lucky. I get paid. They get the house sold. They make money. They have somewhere to live because it's off market and they're not paying a ridiculous price. Like to me, that's worth it. Yep. And on top of that, in Colorado specifically, like we handle the real estate contract. So it's not like we don't know what we're looking at. Not only that, but you, you touched on it earlier, the negotiations and the knowledge that we have to diffuse a high emotional conversation they're having over, let's say a thousand dollars. We could put it in perspective because we're removed from the emotional side of it and say, mm -hmm. look, you're actually going to win. And let's just move forward. Yep. 
it's a time or effort? Is it, you know, you're, you're, you're sacrificing a thousand dollars here, but in the long run, you're going to yep. make money here. And that's where our knowledge comes in. Where is your value proposition is what I always tell mm-hmm. the agents that I've, that I, that I've, I've helped and mentored and the general public needs to know that. Yep, absolutely. You know, and, and again, we'll take the heat, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and say you two are buying homes and I come to you and mm-hmm. well, Jameson wants 5,000 more and you're like, Dad! and then you come to me and then I come back and like, let's meet in the middle. Now all of a sudden you don't hate Jameson, but I'm the one kind of just yeah. easing and soothing it, that negotiation. Cause if you two, you'll end up fighting and then mm-hmm. emotions go high and you're not looking at the end game and what we're really here to do. Yeah, And he makes a very good point. This is the last thing I want to highlight. There are tax tax considerations when selling a home oh, 100%. below market value. However, the hourly cost to sort out issues will be much lower than the commission you'd pay an agent. Right? So the important part is the hourly cost to sort out issues. What happens if you do have that scenario where mm-hmm. it's a grandchild buying it from the grandparents and all of a sudden they hire a home inspector and a home inspector goes, hey, guess what? Your HVAC's fucked. Your AC's fucked. Your roof is fucked. We got to negotiate these items, right? Now, all of a sudden, that hourly cost starts to creep up mm-hmm. because you now have to get the real estate attorney involved. Now, they're not only charging you for the conversations you have, they're charging you for the conversations they're having with the inspector. They're charging you for the conversations they're having with the grandparent to negotiate what that is. They're charging you for the time it takes to write up an inspection objection, an inspection resolution, to review a, uh, an inspection report, which normally takes about an hour, right? So now, all of a sudden, those costs start to pile up. So yes, it'll be lower than the commission you pay an agent, but I got again, it's negotiable. So if you can sit there and say, hey, you know what? I just want to pay, to me, it just makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, it just does. Yeah. Well, I have another one that's gonna be right up your alley. This young bright man could have, uh, he saved his buyers a lot of money. Is an attorney gonna call an HOA? No. Is no. a title company gonna call <laughs> no, an HOA? No, gonna pay for that. Nope. He called the HOA, found out there was a special assessment coming on. Say the, the 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 homeowner doesn't even know that special assessment is going to be there, which the listening agent didn't, mm-hmm. and the homeowner probably didn't either. Yep. Now he sells the property to their grandchild, and a month later, guess what? You now owe eight thousand dollars. Yep. Now well, what? And lawsuits yeah. again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even more money. That's a prime real life example. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. Real Absolutely. money, real time. All right. Third one. We talked about this a lot. It's a very simple math equation, but the cost of selling makes a difference in your plans, which essentially means that if you're selling your home for this, in this case, he says 1.5 million. So he's got to be out in California, but you'll have to dish out a $75,000 commission at closing. There's a reason, well, which that seems high, but is, anyway, anyway, yeah, whatever. Uh, it's FSBO, probably total commission yeah. split. This person who, again, financial planner has seen many scenarios where folks cho- choose the for sale by owner route and lose more than what it would cost at a 5% commission. There's a, there- so an ex-client who listed their home at $1.3 million. This is a real example. They listed their home at $1.3 million. They very clearly took their own pictures on their very old iPhone. Mm-hmm. They negotiated the contracts themselves, including the inspection, the appraisal, everything else. <coughs> that home sold a year later at nine hundred and fifty k. So they took an almost 80000 no, sorry, $380,000 bath. Mm-hmm. because they did not utilize a professional. So what he says is there are scenarios where saving on the cost of selling is good enough reason to sell on your own. So if your margins are super tight, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say you've only owned the home for two years and it's been over the last two years. So you're basically break even on whatever that looks like. Um, and you need to sell it for a 
dollar amounts specifically to make it make sense to move forward, then you probably don't want to pay full commission to get that done. So a FSBO might be the way to go. It's still risky because you're essentially banking on yourself to get the equity out of your asset. Well, see, and, and it's funny because unless, and, and this is coming from a person that got a stop sign ticket and then spent the <clears throat> next two weeks looking up stop sign procedures mm-hmm. and how to, how to talk about it in court, drawing up a diagram the that ones, was too the scale. The ones outlined in white are optional, <laughs> is what I've always been told. But, but you know, like, unless you're someone <laughs> like that, that when you do take something like this on, you're yeah. going to make sure that you are protected. Right. Exactly to their point. And I mean, this is, like you said earlier, we talk about the statistics all the time, that on average for sale by owners lose, what, what was it, 15 to 25%? It's like 10 to 15%. Yeah, no, yeah. I was going to say, yeah. there's, a, there's a study on how much um, yeah. money actual money fizzballs save i will say and they lose i want to give this i want to give this writer a ton of credit because i feel like he did he's also the same guy that wrote six reasons why you should use a real estate but well but i mean at the same time it's i I give him a lot of credit because he's 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 very concise and he he does give valid points but at the same time i'm glad that it's coming from a financial planner because at Mm -hmm. the end of the day again the main reason why people do for sale by owner is because they want to save money Right. And if a financial planner, the person who works mm-hmm. with hundreds of people's bank accounts and finances is, is, is saying, hey, these are options that you could do yep. or you, you could use an agent. Right. And, and I think that he did a very good job. And the reason I bring that up is because so many so many articles that we've referenced mm-hmm. are just straight doom and gloom. Oh, yeah. Just straight. You yeah. shouldn't do this because he I think he did a very good job of, of kind of corralling this and, and making it a viable conversation either way. Well, I'll give you a real life example. I have a client right now reached out because they're looking at selling their home. Um, they bought the house a year ago. How much equity do we think is in that house? Not a lot. $3,000. Not a lot, right? <laughs> so they reached out. We talked. Great conversation. And uh, at the end of the day, I just straight up asked them, guys, what's your bottom number? Like, how much do you need to make mm-hmm. on this house? And they said, okay, well, X amount. I'm not going to give the full example, but X amount. Okay. Based on my commission, if we sell at X amount, I'm, let me pull up a net sheet and I'm going to give you three different selling scenarios. And so you can see what you're going to walk away with if we sell it at option A, option B, option C. And as we started talking, what I realized was that at their lowest like break-even amount, I was charging my normal 5.66%, right, based on everything that I do. And I looked at him, I go, here's the deal, guys. I, you have to move. And I, I want to be a part of that journey to help you guys move. If I look at my commission and I go from a 6% down to a 4.5%. Now that's 6% for both sides. Correct. Yes. 6% total. But whatever. 3% on each side, however you want to cut it up. The, the fee of listing a house was at 6% normally. If I take it down to a 4.5%, I did 4.5% because they said that at minimum, they needed to walk away at the lowest probable sale price with at least $10,000 so that they could move to their new home across the state, pay moving companies, so on and so forth. I looked at it and said, you know what? No problem. In order to get to that number at the lowest price, I'll lower my commission to four and a half percent total. Like that's what my listing fee is. And they go, wait, you, you're going to do that? I go, yes, because it, it makes sense. Because at the I've end totally of the day, done that many right? times. Like, but that's a real life example of in this scenario, he says, well, if the cost of moving and you don't, your margins aren't good, maybe FSBO is the way to go. 
But if I'm an agent, you're interviewing agents, the, one, of the, one of the first questions I ask is, guys, do you have a bottom line dollar amount you want to make? Plain and simple. And then I match that up with what the realistic market looks like and what I think we could price the house for. And I always give sellers three different scenarios, right? I go a low, a medium, and a high price on what we could sell. I do a net sheet that includes title insurance and includes loan payoffs and includes second liens, includes everything. Taxes. Including commission. So it's completely transparent. And then they can make that choice and go, you know what? This makes sense. And we had a conversation. Well, you know, your commission is 6%. Obviously, if we set the lowest price, we're actually going to be underwater by 1300 bucks. Okay. So if we go to 5%, we're going to be positive 6000 We still need that extra four grand. All right. Another half a percent, guys. Here's what it is at 4.5%. If we sell it at this, you're going to net 10000 minimum. And then as much as 30000 depending on what we sell for, they go, that's amazing. That's perfect. Let's do that. Well, and well, we're on real life scenarios. I had a client call me and said his sister wanted to buy the house. And I said, okay, well, how do you want me to help? She said, do what you do. I don't want to ruin the relationship mm-hmm. with my sister. That's what, he, that's what he said. I right. said, okay, I'll take care of it. I'll cut you a deal. And, um, you know, we move forward. I think I charge him a full 3% to do both sides because the buyer's already there. I didn't do any marketing. I didn't exactly. do anything. I put everything together and they were happy. Because they knew, I knew the due process. I got him to mm-hmm. A, B. They were both happy. He didn't want to ruin the relationship with his sister because if he doesn't agree to something, and I come back and say, "Well, this is the way it's going to be yep. done," and everybody's happy. Yep. Yeah. So it was just it was a cool conversation because this is like the scenario I'm dealing with. Literally, is our margins are thin. We haven't appreciated a ton. Luckily, they're in a new build community where the new builds are like priced way high. Mm. So a customer coming in, like I can have a year old house and not pay an extra $60,000. Cool. But it's having the flexibility and understanding and the transparency when you're talking to people, when you're deciding whether or not you should go for sale by owner and just hoof it yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. The other piece of this is these guys are on a timeline. Mm-hmm. They want to sell in the next three months. And we know that for sale by owners on average are twice as long on the market than listing. So how do you make that make sense? You have an upfront, honest, transparent conversation with the numbers and go, guys, it's, at the end of the day, it's up to you. Like, which way do you want to go? And they said, yep, we trust you. And this guy, again, another caveat, he knows six other realtors. And it's he just, goes, but it, you're the it, first person, you're the first person that has just been absolutely real and honest with me this entire time. I was like, and we have it, no dude? reason. We have that's no it. reason not to be, right? And, well, and we do because some people are, some people suck at their no, job. No, no, I mean, I mean, we, at, we have no reason not to be Correct. real, real and yes. upfront because we don't. Yeah. We, we understand what goes into. If you have title. an agent that says I'm not going to cut my commissions, your best interest, his best interest is not you. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. I like that. I, that's yes, absolutely. I think so. That's one, two, and three. Here's reasons. the ending to what he wrote. And I was going to say three reasons why you should not, or why you shouldn't use a, a real, real estate, estate agent Correct. in a transaction. Yep. So how, how does it end? He ends by saying this: If it's not already clear. Again, financial planner. He views DIY or FISBO as risky, especially if your equity represents a significant portion of your assets, which we've talked about multiple times that in the US, it does for a majority of the people. Mm -hmm. Additionally, it's not something that you want to try to do on your own and then switch to a realtor if it doesn't work out because seeing a stale listing with multiple price cuts sets off alarms and is likely to turn off a significant portion of your prospective buyers. I like it. My last sale included a negotiated leaseback, documentation to ensure that we didn't have to pay capital gains tax, and an uncomfortable amount of money moving in and out of accounts. Rely on your financial planner and your plan to quarterback this portion of the process. 
I like it. So in my head, just build a team. Yep. And at the end of the day, what you're going to make versus what you're going to give away, to me, from a financial standpoint and a peace of mind standpoint, makes sense. But A, everything's negotiable. And B, you don't have to use a realtor if you don't want to. That sounds... Yeah. I mean, there was James a whole will, lot involved know, in that. James, that, I was gonna say that, 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 that lease back, post occupancy agreement, all mm-hmm. that stuff. Uh, 1031 exchange for the, the taxes. I mean, there's a whole lot involved in just the sentence you said. Mm-hmm. That uh, sounded like a, a one-rock takeaway to me there, bud. It did. So I'll start it. I'll <laughs> yeah, start my one-rock takeaway. So, and, and as always, guys, if you're yeah. watching, if you're listening, our one-rock takeaways are basically a summarized version of what we talked about during the episode. Mm-hmm. So again, this is a good time. If you want to ask any questions on live, if you're watching or anything like that, let us know. But Jameson, go ahead and start with your one-rock takeaway. Yeah, I think the one-rock takeaway is um, commission is negotiable, and it should be requisite to the amount of effort that your agent or realtor is putting in, right? Uh, And number two, building a team of trusted professionals to navigate this transaction will pay off financially and from a peace of mind and stress standpoint if you are working with the right people 100% of the time. Oscar, you want me to take it or you want to go? Go for it. So my one rock takeaway for today's episode is it is your responsibility if you're selling your property by yourself or if you're using a real estate agent. It is your responsibility to make sure that you are getting the best option and the best deal in that sale. And if that is utilizing an agent, do it. But if you don't put the effort into finding a good agent and you get taken advantage of or you have a bad experience, and you guys have heard me talk about this before, if you're just going with the agent that Zillow or Redfin throws at you and you have a bad time, I'm sorry, but that is on you. Unless Zillow throws Oscar or myself at you, then by all means. Well, and, but <laughs> at this, my whole, by the way, if you're looking to move to Monument, <laughs> my, my whole we point, are your people. My whole point in that is, though, don't just trust it. Reach yep. out. Even if it is you two, reach out, talk to the agent. Go back, guys. We have, I think, episode like 13 or 14, whatever it was. We did an entire episode on how to vet a realtor. Mm-hmm. Watch that episode. Come up with questions. Honestly, if it, maybe we can put something in our description, a little downloadable mm-hmm. link that has a list that you can you know, reach out and, and list of asking realtors because I think that'd be valuable. But at the end of the day, if you use a realtor, if you don't, understand that it is your responsibility for, for the term of your transaction of how it goes and the experience that you have and the money that you make. The old cliche doesn't really apply to real estate, but it does. He who chooses to represent himself in court has a full for a client. I like it. At the end of the day, if you don't want to use that as an analogy, then we're your insurance policy throughout the process. We're the mediator. We're the one that's going to hold it together when the business side goes south or when the emotional personal side goes south. We're sometimes your financial planner, your advocate for where do we go to, your vendor list, your therapist. We're a little bit of everything. And if you come to me and say, look, I have to sell my home. I want you to represent me. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like taking a pro bono case. I'm going to help you. Mm-hmm. Let's pay some fees. Let's understand that. Let's negotiate that. And then I'm going to take you to the end goal. I like it. I like Same. it. And see, this is, I, 
I, I love episodes like this, especially because like these news news articles. Are, I'm not afraid to tackle ugly questions. Well, no, it's just one of those I'm, things where like news articles are so prevalent, and you get you get push notifications on your phone on your laptop, and so if you have multiple devices, you're getting the same titles oh, yeah. over and over again, over right? And over. But I, I I and you know honestly, guys, I apologize if we sound like a broken record when it comes to the the realtor debate. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's it's if you don't. Don't. If you do, do. You know, but do it. Do it fully and do yes. it with commitment, regardless of what what route you take. Um, but I I think great conversation, great article, good choice, good choice, hey, are JMO. You, are, are you capable of yanking one of your teeth out? <laughs> I mean, I could. I could. There's, okay. There's mm-hmm. been a, successfully. Sure. But I don't. Want I'd rather to. go see a dentist. It's <laughs> going to be less painful. Shit. I I pay I pay to fly to New Jersey because my uncle's a dentist just yeah. <laughs> just to make okay. sure that just, I can you know like you know I'm just saying. <laughs> Right, Everybody but has no, a it's a good point. So, guys, um, if you're watching the live, thank you for tuning in. Yep. Thanks for dropping a comment, a like, however you can help us. We appreciate it on that. Um, but again, we're at the end of the episode, and at the end of the episode, after our one rock takeaway, we move into the bourbon review for today's episode. You know how's what? it work? So, uh, the bourbon review we rate on a scale of one to ten rocks. One being the best, ten being the worst, because the more rocks or ice you put in a drink, usually the worse the the bourbon or whiskey tends to be. Um, and or you a bitch? <laughs> I've been known to throw a coke in the we bourbon. Did, we did. Well, hey, that bourbon that bag was episode bad. was that was the worst one. We threw, oh, literally pulled the didn't coke even out. Put didn't rocks. Put <laughs> I would have put Dr Pepper in that shit. Oh yes. man, yeah. Mountain Dew. So oh man, that's great. But on today's episode, we've been drinking Noble Oak. They're Double Oak. They are a company that started back in 2017, and their goal with their bourbon is. Full philanthropy. They want to um, plant over one million trees, and every purchase that you make from Noble Oak goes towards that initiative. Uh, Buy a bottle, plant yep. a tree. Yep. Buy a bottle, plant a tree. I li- and I like the the tree on the front of the bottle too. Mm-hmm. Um, but they didn't plant that one. I mean, it's Maybe. planted. It's planted on the bottles. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> Save a horse, ride a cowboy. Buy a bottle, oh, plant a tree. Oh, yeah. R.I.P. You know what? I'm just gonna say that I wait. That guy died. Who? Toby Keith? Yeah, he passed away. But that's he didn't, not he didn't, course no, right no, now. No, that's, uh, that's Big and Rich. Uh, Big, Big and Rich. Yeah. Oh, okay. I said Ooh. RIP because I just... Hey, hey, no, I, no, no. I was I mean, like, wait a second. I like Big, Big and Rich. Died? But you know what? Toby Keith, he was one of my favorites, Oh, yeah. Man. I grew up with Toby Keith. No, I... Yeah, same. I love that, man. I love that, man. Oh, man. But I think... I don't know how you guys feel about it. I kind of want you to talk a little bit about it as you're... Because I... As I drank it and my palate was acclimating to it, I kind of like it, even though it's not my wheelhouse. Yeah. As I drink it now, it starts off with a high maple, you know, almost Mrs. Butterworth sweetness. I have pancakes. Yeah, and it yeah. ends with like a peachy. So it's it's mm. sweet, but it's not really in your face sweet. And it's it's good. It's not it's it's not like the Breckenridge um, Jamaican no. whatever the mm-hmm. hell it was that we were like. Ugh. It's it's not an artificially cask. flavored. Yeah um sweet it's good uh and i know the price so it's it's good for what it is it really is and the nose i didn't now it's even it's almost butterscotch it is almost butterscotch you know yeah so you guys you guys had a second a second pour on it did it did it change at all for you from the first pour to the second pour? mine did but i think it's just my palate yeah i think i mean i it definitely leaned to the sweeter side um that kind of the peppery the, went away. The char for me went away towards the back end. Okay. And it, it went more, I so, agree with like butterscotch syrup. There's still a bite to it. Like I, right. I, I don't know if it's you, if it's just me, but 
the back of my tongue, that sour bite is still there. Like, it, like, it like hits me here. Yes. Right here. Yeah. So, so it's, it's still there. It's so when I relate to pepper, right? It's the it's the bitter um oaky charness that I get. That's what I relate to the pepper side of it. It went away, but it still lingers mm-hmm. towards the end. It gives you a little bit of bite in your throat, but not the kind that makes you cough. Yeah. Um, but the all around flavor on the on the tongue and on your palate, it, it went from kind of a, a bitter flavor and it just developed into just the sweet notes. Mm-hmm. Which at the end of the day, all of them put together, it's kind of butterscotch. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Okay. All right. You agree with all that? I do. Okay. Why? So where does butterscotch come from? Is it butter and scotch? Okay. All right. I don't, hold on. Look it up. I I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, honestly, it, the, reason I, <laughs> the reason I say it like that is just because like, I, I remember a period in my life where I would drink a bourbon. I'm just happy to be drinking bourbon. I don't I, like it. I don't. And, you know, and, and okay, I, I want to hey, I, I preface it and say, like, it's not terrible, right? For for 80 proof, for where the price is at, and I'm going to go ahead before we do the ratings, this bottle is priced right around 35. 35 bucks. 35 bucks, right? So for- You for, can get it directly from them for 28. Okay. So for what they're doing, like what they want to do with the bottles, their premise, um, at $35, if, if you're getting into bourbon, I can definitely see this being being a good place to be. But wait, no, to, to defend your- Palette, I, yeah, I compare this to a larceny. See, Price exact, about the same. That's yeah. Honestly, like larceny to me has more evolution of flavor. It has more depth of a flavor, and I feel like it's a little bit more bourbon. Like it's mm-hmm. a little more that standard bourbon. This to me, it's just it, honestly, it's too bland. It, it just doesn't have like it's there. Don't get me wrong. The flavors that you, you know, the maple's definitely there. You get a little bit of the char and all that, but it's just not for like if again we have to great across the board right i i just i wouldn't personally buy this one to oscar's point i would go buy larceny over this one just because i feel like larceny has more depth has more flavor to it this one again you know and in all reality like if you put a drop of water in this it's gone which what what did we what did we drink last week uh last week was the was a broken barrel i don't remember no no but it was the same distillers as as Larceny. larceny yeah yeah, and that one was one of the yeah. most complex that we had had, yes. right? And it's just, for me, it, I think that if you make this into a cocktail that has ice in it, that's not that, it, you know what I mean? That, or you put, you put rocks in this, mm-hmm. this turns into just, to just a liquid whatever alcohol. You, what, it, it's going to turn into whatever you put into it. Yeah, yeah. So it's, you know, I could see this would be phenomenal for a bar to have at a low price point. Shooter. Yeah, a shooter or even just, you know, at a lower price point that seems to be a little bit, little bit higher in, in quality and again goes to a great cause but for me it's just i i don't buy it for arbor day you want to buy it for arbor day what's arbor day you go tree day. trees oh tree yeah there you go that would be tree hugger day they better tree day. no below if you're missing out if you're not doing promotions on uh, arbor, day. arbor day um but overall for me like even just smelling jc's glass the the alcohol definitely evaporates through but there's just no yeah. like no, no backbone there's no, no yeah. character yeah, 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 no body to it. So I'll go ahead and start. Um, I think, again, me personally, and all these reviews are, are personal intake as all as all you know reviews are. But I think this one for me is going to sit at about a, a six. Oh wow! Yeah, I, I, I yeah, that that's just, again that's my take. Not saying that it's not for everybody, but for me, 
I, I just I didn't really I didn't really enjoy this one long long term. I this is far from my my flavor profile. I like a bourbon that's going to stay true to what a bourbon is. Like I always say, the San Francisco Gold Medal Award they give out is a participation trophy. Um, I think they're the chocolate coins wrapped in the. Gold. I think so. <laughs> Just because I mean, if, if, if you it, get a gold coin, you get if a we're going to talk Oprah bourban, handing out fucking awards. If we're going to talk bourbon, go to the experts because there's new age bourbon drinkers and mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. the old school guys. Take it to Kentucky, find you five to six old guys that drink bourbon all the time. Take your bourbon to them. If they approve, you got my you got my seal of approval. Um, this for. For being a new age younger bourbon and trying to make a cause out of it, it's not bad. Um, I've had worse that they're all they're doing is trying to make a good mm. bourbon. Um, this bourbon's good. I I don't know that I'd buy it again because I know a lot of bourbons that I like that I'm going to spend the money on. Yeah, because um, I mean it's what Larsen's thirty. It's around the same 32? price, if not. Right? You could. I, I found it for twenty seven. Yeah. At some places. Yep, so I, I mean, I I think for what it is and what they're trying to do, and they're newer. They, obviously, they didn't age it for twenty years. Um, I've had worst, and the the way it evolved as we drank it, it it, it was pleasant. Mm-hmm. Um, so I give it a five. Okay. Yeah, I'm probably between a five and a six. Yeah. Which. For lay- in layman's terms, it's five and a half. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, for you all mathematical people, that's you a know five I think it's it, it it would appeal to people with a sweeter palate, right? Because I look at it like it, again, its direct competitor will be Larceny for me, yeah. and Larceny is a bourbon drinker's bourbon. Hundred percent. This is more of like if you like, and there's nothing wrong with this. Basil Hayden. Screwball. Basil Hayden. Like peanut yeah. butter whiskey. Because Screwball is uh, even more so in another category. It, it, screwball is over there with, with, um, with uh, the cinnamon the fireball. fireball, right? No. They're, they're flavored. They're, they're, they're in the flavored I bourbon mean, area. Yeah. This I, one's I'm more. Th- I'm thinking more of like if somebody has a very sweet palate and wants to try and like okay. dip their toes into bourbon and they don't want to spend a ton, but they like, yeah, they take the Screwball bourbon shots or whatever or Doughboy bourbon and they go, well, I want to try something that's like actually a bourbon. Um, but I don't want to go to, you know, a, a this true, is right up. I think it's, there. it's a, I think it's transitional, right? Basil Hayden. I, I rate this. In yeah. Basil like Hayden. Basil Hayden toasted, but again, Basil Hayden toasted is fucking Better. 58 bucks. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I, and I would probably take this over Basil Hayden toast. Mm-hmm. It tastes a lot like Basil Hayden 10 years. That's that what I'm much. saying. <laughs> but it's $40 cheaper. Right. Yeah. I mean, so it's not I bad. I think it's a good, no, it's I think it's great. a good transitionary cheap bourbon that is not going to get like eye rolls right mm-hmm. like it's not colin keenan's walking in with a bottle of jack daniels like, hey guys. <laughs> hey, take a sip you know what I'm take saying? a sip and let me let me throw a flavor out yes. at you and tell and me you, if it's not I there think, and, mm-hmm. and i'll take it a step further i think this is a transitionary bourbon for people that want to drink bourbon neat yeah I'll take a sip or you're out right take a sip and tell me it doesn't taste like Bur- burnt shit. No, I'm kidding. No, burnt sweet kettle Charlie's, popcorn. Yeah. Charlie's angry. No, no, it's. I, I, honestly, it tastes like I, burnt popcorn yeah. with those with sweet like yeah. sweet kettle burnt popcorn. It's yeah. kind of like what it's yeah. tasting yeah. like. Yeah, but no, I, I again, Charlie's not, mad. I'm not mad. Come on, Charlie's really, mad. Just because it's the worst rating I've given a bourbon so far. You're mad. mad. Second worst. <laughs> brown, yeah, bag. brown, brown bag. bag. You're right. Oh, the brown bag, right. bag episode. Brown bag episode. We won't even talk um, about the brown. But no, guys, 
Phenomenal episode. As always, if you're watching on the live, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank mm -hmm. you for commenting, liking the live. We appreciate you. Stay tuned. We're going to con continue to try and figure this out for you guys to best bring yeah. you there. Chris and Alexis were the two that uh, commented. Hey. Yeah. hey. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Um, but as always, guys, you can, you can catch us on YouTube every week. Um, we drop clips on YouTube, TikTok regularly. Uh, our YouTube channel is at Living in Colorado, The Mile High Perspective. And we are powered by Fathom Realty out here in Colorado. And we all have our own separate um, social medias as well, Oscar. Oscar the Realtor. Jameson. Uh, the Colorado Real Estate Guy. And you can find me at That Lifting Agent. Or if you have any questions on podcast production, video production, strategy, anything like that, BTG Production CO uh, on uh, Instagram. But... Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. As always, remember, you can reach out to us at any time. Shoot us an email, resotr at themilehighperspective.com, or give us a ring. 303-578-7263. No, 02. <laughs> 0263. Oh, it's not a number. Um, but, guys, also, if you're the person that's using our phone number for uh, marijuana rewards out here no, at the no, dispensary, no, I, keep, keep it coming. <laughs> Appreciate it. Appreciate you. You're not getting them, but uh, you know someone's not paying their bills either. Because every time I answer, it's yeah. a it's a collection. collection. <laughs> so, on that note, guys, cheers. cheers. Thanks for another great episode. We'll catch you later. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Real Estate Served on the Rocks. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and for the weekly video version, subscribe to our YouTube channel at Living in Colorado: The Mile High Perspective. <laughs>